0: I'm Sandra Hayes Buckley, and you are listening to the Mind Your Mind podcast, a podcast that delves into what minding your mind means to different people, what self-care looks like in their lives, and why minding their minds is so important to them. I hope you enjoy. On this week's episode, I am joined by Nicola Glynn. Nicola is a mental health nurse, and following the birth of her second child, she undertook a degree in hypnobirthing. And having combined the two, she now has her own business called Mindful Birthing. During our chat, we talked about neuroplasticity, how sometimes going down the deep, dark path is not the route that you should go, and how hypnobirthing helped her to help others. I hope you enjoy. Nicola, you are so welcome to the Mind Your Mind podcast.
1: Oh, Thanks very much for having me, Sandra.
0: So for any of our listeners who are not familiar with yourself, could you give us an introduction into who you are and what you're all about?
1: So my name is Nicola, I am a mum of two, I am a mental health nurse with a background in health promotion and also I have a diploma in hypnobirthing as well. So after my second birth, which was a home birth, I decided to become a hypnobirthing instructor myself because I used it in that birth and I just thought everybody should know about this then as well. So I started my own business back in January of this year. And I suppose my work is really around kind of supporting the mental health of pregnant women by using tools like hypnobirthing and and like mindfulness and also all the like mental health strategies that I would have from my decades of experience too as well so it's really kind of an all-around like a holistic kind of approach to pregnancy but all the time trying to mind like the mental health of the mum that's sitting in front of me too as well.
0: Fantastic and I suppose obviously you trained as a mental health nurse and so like you know what the importance of okay, after mental health but why is it important to you I suppose in your own personal life but also why is it important to you to help pregnant women during that journey um why why you did that particularly um feel important for you
1: I suppose because on my first pregnancy because it was my first time around I knew nothing Do you know yeah. as, as every kind of first time pregnant woman it's like what but a a big thing for me was while I could understand and make sense of the physical side of it, because you are literally seeing yourself grow and you can look it up and see what size fruit your baby is in comparison to and all that sort of thing. So it's really logical. But for me, the mental aspect of it was where I struggled an awful lot. So I would have like struggled a lot with feeling lonely in pregnancy. I would have had a really difficult time with my um, sense of identity while I was pregnant too as well. Cause I don't know about yourself, but it's, it's almost if you, once the bump pops, that's it you stop existing and you're just a bump Mm -hmm. and you're, you're 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 a host to the baby so I really struggled with that kind of sense of like well well I'm still me but I'm not I'm not the same me I'm a different me and I know now that that was kind of the part of that matrescence journey where like you're you're transitioning from kind of your old self to your new self and I didn't know about any of that until afterward and it was when I started looking more into that and like matrescence and mental health issues that come up in pregnancy and all the whole perinatal mental health aspect. I was like, how on earth did I not know this existed beforehand, considering I've worked in the field for years <laughs> previous to this? And I would have worked primarily in like kind of early intervention prevention with young adults. And I still it never came on my radar. I was like, this is bananas. That's the whole aspect of mental health was unknown to me so I kind of threw myself into that and wanted to learn more and wanted to know how I could kind of get into it and work in it and support other mums so that they didn't feel like I felt or at least they felt validated and felt able to to name it or talk about it in a way that I kind of felt I couldn't so that for me was like my personal aspect of the mental health side of it and then I suppose knowing that and with the work that I do now I really kind of just want to provide that space that I kind of didn't feel I had, where you can name your worries, name your concerns, you know, talk about the stuff that, you know, air quote, you might think is silly. Or some women actually kind of talk to me about stuff that they're actually a bit worried about saying to somebody because there's a fear that, you know, the baby's going to get taken off me if I say to them, I think I'm going to hurt my baby. Or I'm worried about xyz you know it's kind of maybe the more moderate scale of concern and they're afraid to say that like their midwife or their gp because you know they could be shipped off somewhere you know it's it's i suppose it's kind of it's an understandable fear too as well so the space that i kind of provide is where we bring all of that you dump it we talk about it we rationalize it validate it and then from there sometimes women are perfectly content after a session because they're like okay no I I know where it's coming from I know why now and it doesn't scare me anymore and it's, I realize now it's not it's not necessarily a real fear it's just something that's popping into my head and going again then as well and then there's other women where you might have to have more of a discussion maybe linking back in with your GP or linking back in with your uh, midwife or the mental health midwife that's on the team then as well you know so it's not that you know I hold it all and that you know I'm trying to manage it all I I don't at all it's more about like let's provide a space where we can talk about what's on your mind and then we can figure out what's the best course of action too as well because not everything needs a full intervention not everything needs a full team around you sometimes as you know yourself sometimes just a conversation over a cup of tea you know and just airing it can almost be enough for the mum too as well Well, I suppose it's knowing that because the more we can reduce stress in pregnancy the kind of the easier it is for you mentally and physically Mm -hmm. but the easier your labor and childbirth will be too as well if you can know how to manage all of that yourself then kind of the rest of it will come like a domino effect you can Mm -hmm. mind yourself mind your mind and then kind of the rest will follow but it's getting that foundation in and getting that first piece kind of really um sort
0: of solidified yeah and you touched on it there as well they you know you are very much the host you know the host body for the baby um and it can feel very like i don't know it's like it's all the focus is on the baby and the baby's growth and the baby's you know the heartbeat and that everything is kind of working for the baby and there isn't actually that much of a focus on the mother like in my second pregnancy it was COVID um times so I never got asked the question from any midwife or anything during my hospital visits um how my mental health was at no point was I
1: asked
0: yeah because I had a lot of the time it was over either the phone or it was like a clinic where they kept the um times very short so like you'd literally go in and get your get your stuff done and be out again like kind of you know kind of conveyor belt stuff like yeah. it was kind of check the heartbeat check everything that, you know and like it might be maybe a little passing comment and you're okay yourself you know that kind of thing it's been like oh, real
1: it's... Irish way yeah, you're okay so, and you're all right aren't you yeah.
0: <laughs> and like at no point did anyone ask like did I need support or anything like that now I was okay up until the point that like COVID really hit and we went into lockdown but like at no point during the lockdown was I actually asked and like I was pregnant for the first lot the f- the entirety of the first lockdown from like that March until like the June. So the country kind of opened up I think six days before I had my little girl. So, like, I had all the worries and the stress of, like, you know, would I be on my own having the baby? Would my husband be allowed in? Would there be somebody there to actually mind my other child? So if there wasn't, then my husband couldn't come in anyway, even if he was allowed, you know, all these kind of things. And then I had kind of other worries as well, because my, my firstborn didn't actually breathe straight away when he was born. He had to be worked on and go down to um the neonatal for a while. And... You know, I had all these worries. That, oh my god, that's going to happen again, and I'm going to be on my own. And da 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 da. Mm. But at no point was I actually asked inside in the hospital, "How are you getting on?" Or you know, "Are you okay?" Right. And and
1: like, and all of that information would have been in front of them, like you know, all your previous, yeah, like stuff with with your firstborn would have been right yeah. there in front of them too as wow. well. Because I actually
0: I remember asking the question, like you know, "Is it is it going to happen again or whatever?" And they're like, "Oh no, unlikely." And it was kind of just breezed over but again, it was very much, it kind of seemed like, you know, okay, we're, we, we have to keep these to like, I don't know, I, I have no idea. Was it five minutes, 10 minutes, you know, that kind of thing. I think they were, it was very much kind of like, okay, we've been told that we need to get people out, <laughs> you yeah. know, that it did feel very rushed, kind of like, you know, okay, the heartbeat's grand, you're, you seem fine. Okay, off you go. Um, <laughs> That sort of thing. Yeah. And I can understand, you can understand it because it, that was that first lockdown when nobody knew what the hell was going on. And, you know, everybody was, really scared of this thing of getting this thing and and all the rest of it and like I I didn't go anywhere for that lockdown like I didn't set foot in a shop I didn't go the only where place I went was to my I had physio appointments because I had problems in my hip um hips and I went to my doctor's appointments and my midwife's appointments that was it that was the only place I went for the entire like three four months that that went on because I was like, because we were told, like you know, if you you know, pregnant women are high risk and da da da, you shouldn't be mixing with anyone. So my husband did all the shopping. My husband, you know, he did like everything that needed to be done. He did. He walked the dog. He, you know, like yeah. I, there was a lot of people like because we moved to a new locality during that like the whole thing oh. as a, <laughs> moved into. Oh my our, goodness! Yeah, moved into our house, or like what will be our forever home on the first day of the first lockdown. So. Like a lot of our neighbors didn't actually see me for quite a long time, <laughs> so and
1: oh they so eventually, dear.
0: when they eventually did, like they saw this like really heavily pregnant woman, and they I'd say they were like, "What in the name of God? Where what is she is
1: going on in that house?"
0: But like it was because it, it was it was terrifying, and like but you are very much treated like that host for you know like well baby's doing fine, so she must be fine, you know yeah. that sort of thing, and like. At the, I like that. Like what you're saying, I was scared to say that I was like I was having my, my panic attack started at that point, yeah. because I. I was like freaking out that like I would be on my own and I wouldn't be able to have like my parents come up and my, my little boy so that my husband could come to the birth and da, 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 da. and it was all kind of spiraling in my head, kind of worst case scenario that, you know, this baby wasn't going to breathe either and I was going to be on my own. And then, you know, what, what happened if it was worse than the last time? And, you know, God forbid the baby didn't survive. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, all this stuff like going around in my head. But like that, I was afraid to tell anyone like mm-hmm. what you said. And like, I can totally resonate with that because I was afraid that like, oh my God, they're going to think I'm nuts or they're not going to allow me to take the baby home with me if yeah. I have it And, you know, all these things, because of course your brain, like you go into pure catastrophizing mode of what like, oh, it? like they're going to take the baby off me or the baby isn't going to survive or, you know, yeah. like really like dark yeah. thoughts really. But like, because I felt like I couldn't vocalize them, they became even darker and even worse. Yeah. And... I think like what you're saying there the service that you're providing is really really needed because like I can understand why people you know like do have that fear because like that your thoughts will spiral like when you have them and like the fear of oh if I tell the GP or if I tell the midwives they're going to report me to someone Yeah. (laughs) yeah yeah like and do you find that you have a lot of people coming with those sort of concerns
1: well, I suppose because like thankfully we're not we're we're past the COVID mm. kind of period, but you know, you would work with mums who like yourself would have had a baby in and around the time. They were either they either had to labor on their own and then partners mm. were in at the end or you know, they were in hospital and nobody could visit. You know, so they if it's if it's a subsequent pregnancy, the likelihood is they were somewhere in that COVID, mm. you know, time too as well. So there would be that kind of the concern of like, well, you know. I, I didn't have anybody visit in the hospital. How will I manage if people want to come in now? Like, it's a newborn baby. I don't want the baby to get sick. You know, are they going to wear masks when they come in? Can I just say no to people coming in? What about when I go home? What's it going to be like when I'm at home? Do you know, and all of a sudden, it's like by asking one question, you've kick-started. As, you, as what just happened to you there, it's that kind of mm-hmm. like, it's that, okay, what if, and then, oh my God, but then what if, but how did, and then yes. it just kind of, in, the, in your, it spirals then as well. So it is all about kind of, <laughs> taking a breath in the session it's like okay like i will absolutely 100 let the rant go on let all the possibilities scenarios come out because if you interrupt a person when they're in that flow you invalidate the rest of the stuff that was going to come out so you just sit and you let it all come out and pour away and then when they're ready i would always say let's take a breath mm-hmm. so I take a nice deep breath and it's so funny because normally you just nearly see them like flop a little bit. It's almost as if it's a weight and they're like, oh my, like vomit, like they just vomited out all this stuff and then they're like, oh, I didn't realize I was thinking about that much stuff. And you're like, but it's totally normal and natural because like, you know, growing a baby and having a baby is like, it's a complex journey, mentally, physically, emotionally for everybody too as well. And we kinda, it's almost like we minimize or push that other stuff to the side because we're concerned you know we have to eat healthy we have to rest we have to sleep I have to exercise I have to go to lattice, I have to go to yoga I have to swim they told me I have to go to the swimming pool because you know so they're kind of thinking about the whole physical side of it and the mental side kind of just slowly but surely gets pushed to the side because we can't see our mental health but we can see physically what's happening to us mm-hmm. so it's also yeah. easier to deal with what you can see in front of
0: you yeah and some of you said there the validation piece is really important as well because mm-hmm. I think like when you have held in all this stuff for so long it, it can feel a little bit like just like, I'm going mad like there you go <laughs> and like to have someone just listen and kind of going okay yeah you know I I hear you I see you I you know
1: yeah.
0: um, I understand where you're coming from It it's huge because you know you have held in this and so for so long so I can understand why this is that kind of like some because it's such a relief to be able to like get it out and like it is like a weight has lifted off you because when I eventually um, went and spoke to my GP and then subsequently to a counselor like I felt like that as well like there was just word vomit coming out and like I couldn't stop it it just was just like oh and what about this this and this and this and this and this and then stuff that didn't even relate to the pregnancy was coming in as well you know like because it just kind of when you start you just can't stop But like that, like, I think you need that validation of somebody going, you know, okay, I hear what you're saying. Now, you know, let's think about this logically. Mm -hmm. Is that is any of it true or, you know, that sort of thing. But actually being able to say it is really important without somebody going like, no, 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 stop. Because that can like I think that was a fear I had as well, that somebody would be like, no, you're 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 you're, that's nonsense. You know, you're talking, you're talking, you're nuts are talking madness here now like you yeah. you know you've you've lost the run of yourself but like just to have someone to actually listen to you is really really important and do you find that when you do give that space that people feel I suppose calmer in themselves do you do you feel like that's the feed is that the feedback that you get a lot of the time
1: yeah it is and it's it's not even kind of like at the end of all the sessions it's nearly at the end of this se- like the first session and you know and it's not that i'm looking for it i don't turn around and say like do you feel calmer now but it's just it's more just because of the natural flow of the conversation that they'll just kind of naturally say god that was great yeah that was great i feel much better now Do you know, and because it's as I say, like nobody else has the answers, like the answers are always within the person themselves, but you just need a soundboard, you just need someone to sit and listen. And I think the fact that like I am a mum of two myself, I've had a hospital birth, I know what that's like, I've had a home birth, I know what that's like, you know, the things that I don't know anything about, I will say I don't know anything about that, but tell me what your version of it is to me so that we can work through it together. And, you know, I'm a mental health nurse. I've worked with young people and I've worked with their parents. So I've, I've kind of been in the realm of families for so long that like everything that a person says to me makes complete sense in my head. There's nothing that doesn't make sense. And if it is, if there's a slight bit of me that's like, I don't quite get that. I'll just ask more questions so that I can understand where they're coming from. Because mm-hmm. it's your experience. It's your baby. It's your childbirth. You tell me how it is for you. Because I think a lot of the time in systems, we're kind of conditioned to believe that like, oh, well, the person on the other side of the table knows more than me. But as I say to everybody, I'm like, they don't know more than you. They just know something different.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, So they know everything they know about their area, but you know everything about you and your baby. Mm-hmm. And it's about bringing that knowledge together. Nobody knows more than anybody else in a room. You all just know something different and that's where you pool your information together to get the best outcome for mum and baby. And I think it's trying to give women that confidence to, like, say what they want, say how they're feeling, and then to, like, kind of make make themselves be heard in the room as well. And it can be hard. I absolutely appreciate how difficult it is. Like, you know, I come from hospital settings. I know what it's like to sit at a table and be considered the lesser of the team then mm. as well. So it's about kind of, pulling them up and building them up because as I say to a lot of you're going to fight for a lot of stuff for your kids when the time comes why not start doing it for yourself now Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and then it's and then it's second nature then you'll fight with anybody for anything if it's what you if if it's what you need and what you believe in so whether Mm -hmm. it's for yourself or for your your too as well because sometimes we just need people to listen to us but to do that we need to kind of speak a bit stronger yeah Yeah. yeah having that confidence to do that
0: absolutely yeah and you know like having yourself heard as well like because sometimes actually when you hear yourself say it out loud sometimes you'll realize oh that's that doesn't sound right or you know whatever but like it's actually having the space to say it is the important piece like and having somebody who's willing to listen to it even if it doesn't make sense you know Mm -hmm. and somebody you know that you can you can actually say it and without fear of you know judgment or the that fear those fears that i was saying you know those like catastrophizing fears of like oh god the baby will be taken off me if i say that or you know those sort of things because they are real concerns for a lot of people that like you know i i I can't say that because x y and z will happen because like especially if you've been sitting with it for such a long time you've convinced yourself that these things will happen
1: Absolutely, and you you played it all out in your mind, you know mm-hmm. exactly what's gonna happen, but it's it's but this and that's what it comes back to as well, Sandra. And even within the hypnobirthing as well, the power of your mind is just phenomenal. And what it can convince you is it can be amazing in some senses and then it can be really detrimental in other scenarios too as well. So mm-hmm. I think it's kind of and within my work as well, I'm always questioning you know, like do not underestimate the power of your mind. Mm-hmm. Like you know, because I think a lot of people think, well, oh, true if I picture that kind of birth, like that's not going to happen. I'm like, but why wouldn't it happen? Mm-hmm. So you you pictured how everything can go wrong, and I can guarantee you that that'll happen if you keep going down that route. But I was like, but think about it, if you if you think about it this way, it's like, it might not look exactly like that, but you could get something extremely close to it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Do you know? So it's kind yeah. of and 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 a line that I would say an awful lot. To remember, that you're tricking, you're tricking your brain all the time tricking it into thinking yeah. like well you know go this way instead no not that way go this way not that no. way this way it's almost like when you're walking a toddler down the road you go no don't go down that- this way we we'll go this way instead you're trying to pull the toddler along. <laughs> you're just like no, no, this way this way it uh, is like that's what you're doing with your mind
0: yeah and like that's like you know any of the the kind of practices that you know are kind of becoming much more common now gratitude journaling you know like actually looking out for the things that you're grateful for or whatever because obviously our mind is in such a negative bias all the time mm-hmm. like you're having to almost like trick it to kind of well actually no I'm going to think positive here yeah. <laughs> we're gonna look for a positive thing that happened today or you know whatever it might be and you know mindfulness or meditation or you know all these things it's all about kind of moving your brain away from the the kind of negative stuff yeah into a more like positive calmer thought process Um, but it is it is about kind of like training yourself to kind of okay yeah no don't go that don't go down that route that's that's a black hole um let's let's go down this other route instead
1: it absolutely is and it's like it's all neuropsychology like some people think like that's just airy fairy stuff but it it, there's a whole neuroscience behind it and like you know that embedding the new neural pathways and Mm. neuroplasticity there's a whole area your research around it i'm like so it's not airy fairy it's not made up you it can be done but i think the thing that people struggle with is like because it takes practice and it takes time mm-hmm. and it takes effort to do it yeah. so it's like you know you're kind of you're trying to bring somebody the other way but like as you say because of the negative voice you're always going to be pulling your brain's always going to be pulling you back mm-hmm. the way so it does take and it takes a lot of strength And a lot of courage to decide to go this way rather than the usual way, then, as well. A way I used to describe to my young people actually was like, Have you ever seen the Disney Beauty and the Beast? So, like, when you're when uh, the father is going to the fair Mm -hmm. with the horse and they come to the fork in the road. And on one side of the road, it's like all like birds are chirping and it's sun and it's all sunny and lovely and clear and the pathway is clear. And then the other one is all like brambles and it's really dark and everything. And the horse tries to go down the bright one and the father is like, no, no, this is the shortcut and goes down the dark one. And like that's what that's what you're doing. And that's what happens in your brain is that you're coming to a fork in the road. And like with the things like gratitude and mindfulness and kind of trying to make an effort to not go down the brambly dark hole. Yeah. you're trying to go down the brighter kind of more manageable route then as well and like you know we talk about that a lot in session too And i think once you can kind of put a visual on it and sort of like play it out it makes more sense rather than okay for the new york habit and the new york this day uh, you know because you lose people at that yeah <laughs> you know what i mean but if you can kind of just be like no it's it's literally like a fork in the road it takes a lot of effort to go down this one but it will stand to you more and it is a more sustainable way of kind of approaching things too mm-hmm. as well but I love, I love gratitude practice it's one that I would encourage an awful lot for some of my women as well some people don't like it other people are like all for it too as well but I definitely I love gratitude it's amazing how it can just like mm-hmm. just switch it really quickly
0: yeah because the thing is like you if you're in the practice of doing your gratitude journaling or or whatever way you do it if you just think about it in the evening or whatever like you are looking out for things during the day like I I find that that like the more I do it because it was something that a counselor actually introduced me to because at the time I was like everything is awful the whole everything uh, everything is just awful I'm an awful mother I'm an awful wife I'm an awful friend I'm awful at everything I'm just I'm just awful everything's awful the world is awful. And she was like, okay, right, um, we're going to do this thing now. And so she got me to write down, I think it was five th- not good things that I, are things that I was grateful for. So at the start, they were very basic, like, my kids are healthy. I've yeah. got a roof over my head. I live near the beach so I can go down there. You know, this these sort of like very kind of like, you know, okay, well, I have the house. Grand, I I live in a nice place, you know, that sort of thing. But then the more you get into it, the more you kind of look out for things. And like it might be something very, it might be a very, very small thing, but you know, like it it brings that kind of joy to your day that, like, oh, look at that, isn't that lovely? I'm so grateful I saw that now, or you know, whatever it is. And it does kind of switch your mind to kind of a more positive, joyful outlook. And and you are grateful for, you know, having seen something or experienced something or heard something or whatever like that. Or even like coming back to the basics, obviously they're really important as well. Like, you know, having the roof over your head or, yeah. you know, being able to get out for a walk or, you know, that your kids are healthy or you're healthy or whatever it might be. Um, because like, I suppose they're the very basic things, but they're also big things um, as well. You know, they're they're really important. and And I suppose in that vein, Obviously, you've mentioned that um, gratitude practice is something that you are an advocate for. Um, what else um, is it that you do to kind of look after yourself? What does self-care look like to you?
1: Um, well, uh, this this weather at the minute, this is my kind of weather. So dry and freezing cold, that is my kind of weather. There as well. So the last two days I've been like out. Go for my walk, bring the dog for a walk. Another thing that I started doing, my husband killed me he hears is I brought my dog up to the office now. So he used to hang out downstairs, but I'm like, no, no. So I brought him up. So he keeps me company now. So that's actually, that's actually made a big difference. I didn't think it would, but it has. So kind of just having him with me through that, although I haven't spoiled now because he keeps trying to come up the stairs. And I'm like, no, 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 come right downstairs now. Don't be letting him know that you're upstairs during the day. But so that trying to do my gratitude I would do my gratitude in the morning because I'm not a morning person so I try and I try and flip the day on its head and kind of think right okay three things let's do this and if I come up with five well and good but I'll always just try and start with three and um yeah just kind of those little things I'm reading I'm every night do a bit of reading to that just to escape into whatever world it is that I'm reading
0: (laughs) and and that's exactly it like it is this kind of like escape that you know like it's I find with me for like self-care it's something that takes me away from any worries or stresses or whatever it might be so it could be something as simple as last night I literally just I turned off the television I lay on the couch and I read on my phone I have you know uh, an app on my phone that I was reading and that was it I did that for about two hours last night no interruptions the kids were in bed my husband was upstairs doing something and it was lovely (laughs) and like it, it did like it kind of you escape to this other world where your stresses or worries or whatever it is they can they don't exist in that world so you know getting gross in something and I think that's that's really important sometimes because you can get so caught up in your own head and like that the catastrophizing and you know your own worries or stresses you know especially this kind of time of year with coming up to the hustle hustle and bustle of Christmas and the financial stress of it and just even like you know thinking of the dynamics, some people Christmas isn't the nicest time because you yeah. know they have to spend it with people who they might not necessarily spend a lot of time with other than that and and I think it's it's about being able to i suppose calm your mind and and like that kind of flip the switch, flip the script on it, and kind of go, okay, well, I'm just going to escape here for now for an hour or two hours or however long, and just have this time for myself
1: absolutely yeah and it's so funny because like a lot of people that i work with they're just like I daydream an awful lot and I'm like what's that are you saying that in a bad way and they're like oh <laughs> yeah no people say to like I daydream way too much and I'm like should I daydream the whole time I'm like what's what's wrong with us like it's the same thing as reading you're just escaping for a little while I was like it's yeah. your brain's way of minding itself but like the here and now is just too much so I'm just gonna wanna nip off to this other world for two three minutes <laughs> i'll be back i'll be back just leave me to it and a lot of people find that like when they do come back from a daydream or kind of wherever their mind goes that they're not as stressed Mm. so they can kind of return on a more kind of mellow pace or tone then as well so that's why like you know the reading or the shutting off or anything like that i'm just like sure there's nothing wrong with that
0: Mm. absolutely you're breaking the, the circuit of stress you know that that kind of vicious circle of like oh god and if i don't get this done this will happen and then that'll happen and because like i even find myself i i have a corporate job um that i work in three days a week and like there's sometimes you know something will go wrong on Mm -hmm. something oh like then end of the world is happening and then a lot of the time what i'll do is i'll actually go and make myself a cup of tea so i'll get like literally just physically step away from the laptop and then you're kind of like oh well it's actually fine (laughs) you know (laughs) you know i'm i'm not it's not it's not like i'm not saving lives here with this stuff i'm you know it's fine it'll get done it's fine um Absolutely. and like it, sometimes you just need that kind of you know like a circuit breaker of like okay no i just need to go off here into this daydream or go off and in, into a different room or, or whatever it is to just physically just get away and like kind of switch your mind off from whatever whatever shit show is happening <laughs> you know inside in in your head yeah Cause, and
1: because
0: like and, a lot of the time you'll make it worse it'll always feel worse in your head than it is in the reality because yeah. mind will automatically go to you know the catastrophizing or the all or nothing thinking of like yeah. you know well if I don't do that then then the whole thing is is just gone it's it's all it's just it's it's gone to pot it's you know like we might as well start again and <laughs> you know world is ending that's it yeah that's sort of thing yeah exactly and like it's it in reality chances are you're not like it's it's not gone to pot it's not you know the world isn't going to end it yeah. it's a blip it, it's it's fixable a lot of the time it will be fixable or maybe it isn't and you just have to say okay this is there's something wrong here we need to think of a different way of working oh,
1: a different way absolutely yeah. and that's that is a lot of the, the work that i would do as well even with expectant mothers it is that idea that like if something's not going the way they thought it would be or something like that you know it's almost we kind of nearly pose that situation to them like well how would you feel if it went this way rather than that way and you can just see it building building <laughs> and you're like take a breath take a breath and like I say to my kids I say to myself all the time, I'm just like take a breath let's just pause take a breath because if you if you can take a moment to take a breath you're not panicking if you're breathing so automatically you're bringing the whole situation down again so yeah it's like three deep breaths and you're like okay now how would you feel about it And they're like okay well I would do x y z so yeah. you know so it kind of it always does match that mindful breathing too as well so it's it's just you know, there's so many different ways that that we can manage it. I think it's just having a space to kind of figure out what one works best for you, because it they don't all work for everybody.
0: Absolutely. And that's something that I think has been highlighted kind of on the podcast as well. For you know, because it can look so different to so many people. And like I've had I have had conversations with people about self-care and like the amount of people that say, like, oh, I just feel like I'm doing it wrong. And like you can't do you can't do it wrong because it, it's just that like if it doesn't work for you, then that's just something that doesn't work for you. Like it, mm-hmm. you know, something else might be. Because for some people it's throwing themselves into the sea, into the freezing cold um sea swimming and like that works for lots and lots of people but it also does not work for a lot an awful lot of people there's an awful lot of people who get into the sea and be like oh my god this is awful Awful. like the worst thing in the world why have I done this like I like getting into the water I I grew up by the sea I live by the sea now you know it's it's something that I've always been kind of like drawn to the ocean Mm -hmm. um but for other people, like there are certain times as well when I get in and I'm like, nope, <laughs> no, 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 nope, not today. um this is, this is terrible. This was an awful idea. I'm, I'm going to, you know, not do this ever again. Um, but, but like it's just about figuring out what works for you mm-hmm. and what doesn't work. And like, obviously, if something doesn't work, then it doesn't don't do it. Work. That's <laughs> fine. Just don't do it. Yeah. And, and like, if it's something you feel like, oh, I, I'm, I'm getting into it, but I need a little bit of practice. Well, you know maybe then you do need a little bit of practice or maybe a little bit of guidance on what you can do and um like like you were saying with meditation or with mindfulness and that sort of thing they they take practice they do take practice to kind of get into but you know if you feel it's something that you know is of interest to you and is of benefit to you then look into it a little bit more get a feel for it you don't have to meditate for two hours a day like you know it could be two minutes
1: yeah it
0: could be you know like and build it up like i i recently um got my accreditation as a meditation teacher and one of the things that like we were taught in the course is that like you should really build it up with people when you're teaching them so like your first session you should like if if it's an hour of a session what you're aiming for is like three four minutes of a meditation at the end that's it out of the full hour so like it would be introducing Elements of meditation, kind of going, okay, so this is what we're going to do, and this is why we're doing it, and this is the benefit of it, and you know, this sort of thing, and kind of very slowly. And then as you go on, you're building it up more and more and more, and like with people's kind of capabilities and stuff like that, because you can't just go right, right, we're going to have an hour of a meditation session now, sit down and you know, get yourself comfortable. Close close your eyes there now. (laughs) Yeah, get yourself comfortable there because we're going to be doing this for the next 60 minutes because like nobody is going to be able to like for their first time just automatically do it and it's the same with everything I think you know like you're not automatically going to be you know go down to the sea and throw yourself in and be like okay I'm going to do this every day forever now yeah like a lot of the time it might be just dipping your toe in the first day (laughs) like you know like it takes a bit of you know coaxing as well like to get into whatever it is be it get into the tide and put your head under or Mm. you know do a meditation that lasts more than a couple of minutes because it it just like like that your mind is in such a black hole or you know down that brambly lane you're you're kind of coaxing it out you're not not going right okay we're going to do a a complete like u-turn here now come on out we go we're going down the positive road and everything's going to be rosy and it'll be great like it, your mind doesn't work like that you're not going to be able to just like go okay I'm going to change all of the neural pathways in one go
1: yeah I'm totally going to nail it I'm just going to rewire my entire brain in this hour-long meditation as well yeah. like no no because like no matter what age you are you've had I would imagine years of your brain existing in this space and in mm-hmm. this way and so it's going to take days weeks months years to redo that mm-hmm so, but it's it's trying to be like compassionate to yourself that like you know if it's not working on a day, that's okay. Maybe just today isn't the day for it. Do you know, what yeah. you know, try again tomorrow or try in an hour. You know, it's kind of you know, just and um, like I would always kind of bring stuff back to just being compassionate to ourselves too as well. It's not you're not letting yourself off the hook air quotes, you're just giving yourself a space to say, maybe not now, maybe later.
0: Yeah. I was actually at a talk um two days ago, um, by Dr. Philip Doyle. He's an Olympic rower uh, for Ireland, but he's also a medical doctor. Um, and he spoke about well-being versus resilience. And sometimes yeah. it's about leaning into your well-being. And sometimes it's about leaning into your resilience and kind of powering through a bit. But it's yeah. about learning the balance between the two. And I thought that was actually a really good like, way of looking at it. Because sometimes you do need to just... L- lean into the well-being and be compassionate with yourself and just mind yourself and sometimes you do like sometimes when you're able for it and all the rest of it you do need to kind of push yourself a bit yeah you know have that resilience but it's about kind of learning how to balance that and when to lean into you know whichever side of it it is and you know he used an analogy of a stool a a four-legged stool and he said that you know there's your um physical health your mental health your emotional health your spiritual health yeah you can take away one of those and maybe not look after it as much and you still be able to kind of balance on the stool but if you're taking away more than one of those you're going to topple over you're not going to be able to sit in the stool and like things are going to be completely off balance and so like that's when you need to like lean into your well-being and be compassionate with yourself because you know there might be a lot of stress going on that's putting a lot of pressure on you mentally or there mm-hmm. could be a really emotional situation going on that you know is really kind of like needs your attention yeah and like so you, uh, you know you need to mind the other aspects during that you might kind of go okay well I, I can't exercise today because there's all this stuff going on but you need to look after yourself mentally emotionally spiritually and that was kind of the way he looked at it that like you know if you're if you have one of those things that you can kind of go okay i'm not looking after that today you can maybe push through with the resiliency or you know, kind of like okay i'm gonna like you know i'm gonna be okay with this i'm gonna be fine but then yeah. if two of the things are taken away like that's when you need to be compassionate with yourself if yeah. like everything feels like it's kind of falling to shit <laughs> like mind yourself like don't feel like you have to power through and do like, you know, I'm going to do a workout and then I'm going to deal with this emotional situation, yeah. Then I'm going to do this really stressful thing at work and then I'm going to do something else. I don't know, whatever. Like, you're not going to be able to do everything or be everything to, you know, be everything to everyone.
1: Yeah. So,
0: yeah. I thought it was just a really good way of looking at it. Kind of the well-being versus the resilience. Um,
1: absolutely it is it's, and it's a it's a it's a good like analogy too as well because i suppose even as you were talking there i was like this is a lot of stuff that i would touch on with my expectant ladies as well because there is that idea that like well you know because a lot of modern women you know we're we're working full-time we're pregnant we're waiting for that certain week where we can go on our mat leave and all that kind of things and like a lot of them that were there they're pushing 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 so they're going resilient 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 no well-being Mm-hmm. and you know it's kind of like that other one is just non-existent it's only when they go on maternity leave that all of a sudden it flips to well-being and resilience is no longer needed
0: mm-hmm.
1: because they're there's not they're not going to mind a minute kind of a thing too. and i say that as myself too as well i was that woman i on my first i powered through to the point where I couldn't anymore and I just had to get signed off you know and it's kind of you yeah. can just push the well-being <laughs> off 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 and then it's like almost when it comes to labor it's the balance of the two because you have to mind yourself during labor but you also have to get through labor so it's it's, it's almost like a seesaw when it comes mm-hmm. to childbirth that like the two of them can't exist in the space just one's gonna swing up and then the other one will come up and then you know it's like up and down up and down up and down until like baby is born and then you know and then you know motherhood kicks in after
0: the yeah and the the seesaws flipping over yeah (laughs)
1: yeah (laughs) 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 and motherhood's great um but i do i love that idea i'm gonna steal that too as well but you know that that they they can coexist in the space i suppose it's knowing and you know what that is a lot of of the work that i would do as well is getting people to see what works best for them and seeing which which direction they might need to go on a certain hour in a certain day because I think we all need to do that but to do that it kind of almost the daydreaming, and the taking a pause taking a breath and then deciding okay no as you said no I'm not going to go for that run because like I'm actually really sore I'm tired I'm on my period I don't like it anything like that you know so and you lean into the well-being but I think in order to make that decision you really need to know yourself
0: Mm, yeah it's about finding finding the balance inside yourself and finding you know what works for you and I think that's actually a lovely note to finish up our conversation today um so I hope everyone finds that balance um and thank you so much for joining me on the mind your mind podcast Nicola
1: no bother thank you so much for having me Sandra thank you for listening to this week's episode
0: of the mind your mind podcast if you enjoyed this episode please like subscribe rate review or follow it really does help with getting the podcast out there. You can follow us on Instagram at Mind Mind Pod for extra content and some behind the scenes action. Talk to you next week. And in the meantime, don't forget to mind your mind.